If parenthood came with a GPS, it would most likely just say recalculating. Join Yulandi Becker and her guest experts Wednesdays at 11 a.m. for Bump and Beyond, the show about pregnancy and babies. 101.9 megahertz of life. Yes, you are on 101.9 High FM. This is Bump and Beyond, and I am your host, Yulandi Becker. The show is all about parenting, and it's officially the 30th of November, the last day of November, and the, I see a distant light in the end of the tunnel, and I'm getting super excited for it because, well, I don't, I'm not even going to say I don't know about you because I know about you. You are struggling, and I'm trying to give you perspective because sometimes All you need is perspective to feel a little bit better about your November. But as I'm seeing that distant light in the tunnel, um, I want us to get a little bit excited about it, about going away, going on holiday. Even if you don't go away on holiday, let's get excited about the family time we're going to be spending together and those type of things, because it doesn't matter what your background in the end of the day, December is about family time and spending time together. And that does entail some kind of traveling, whether it is by plane or by car, that is going to happen. To be honest, as you know, my children are nine and 11. So traveling for me is slightly easier than what it used to be. <laughs> Um, when my kids were smaller, I really have to say, I, I always joke, I think I read it somewhere on Facebook, is that I don't go on holiday. I just look after my children in a different destination. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was hard. I did, it didn't feel like I was resting at all or anything. And getting away as a family is not an easy feat with small children. Ah. You know what? Even with older children, because now they could just verbalize their irritation in the car or if something is taking too long. So it's, it's not an easy feat. In fact, there's few things that actually cause parents more anxiety than the idea of traveling with children. Um, uh, whether it is the packing or if you're packing the car or if you're flying by plane, when you know But yeah, when you know how to travel with kids, all those fears go out the window and you can rest assured that your family holiday will be a great uh, time to make great memories. So I have in previous shows mentioned as well, if you haven't listened to my show before, please go listen to the podcast. There's lots of podcasts available already. But I have mentioned before that I am a little bit of a stressed person overall. So I plan like a a little bit of an OCD crazy person. And this really does actually help me a little bit when I travel. I love traveling and I love spending time with my children. So I feel that personally, I've also got some great insights to share on this topic. And over the years, I've learned what I need to do to make it more manageable and less stressful for myself. So The getting there part for me is, I have to say, the most stressful part. But that's what we're going to be talking today. We are going to be talking to mom and mommy blogger, Amy Lowett, about traveling with children. 
This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker. The show about pregnancy and babies. 101.9 megahertz of life. If you've only just joined us, I am Yulandi Becker. This is 101.9 High FM. And we're talking parenting and the excitement of getting ready for traveling. As always, I want you to share in my excitement and share with me some of the tips that you would like to know about traveling or fears that you have about traveling or anything that you want to ask. Because I am speaking just now to a mommy and mommy blogger. And you can send your, you can either phone in on 010-140-3020 or you can SMS 34519. SMSs are charged at 150 or you can send us a message or voice note on Telegram. Um, and the number is 061-895-1019. Oh, we already have to have, there's someone who already sent a message even before I asked a question. She says, I'm a gran of all the children, but just love listening to your program. You're a great presenter. Thanks, Yulani. Marian, oh, you made my day. This is now how I should start my December. I knew December was bringing the good vibes. But let's add on to the good vibes with, like I mentioned, mommy and mommy blogger, Amy Lowett. Did I say that right, Amy? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Hi. I'm very excited that you're here, um, mostly because I wanted to share with everyone that your blog is called Mommy's Off Her Meds, and I think it's the most brilliant <laughs> title ever. And if you haven't gone and seen Amy's blog, please go have a read to it, because it's funny, it's personal, it's all that you want in a proper mommy blog. So keep doing the good work. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Great. So... You're a mommy of one. So for my, me, myself, I've, I've already shared I'm a very stressed traveler. And the reality that that brings is, and I think it's mostly when we fly, I have to say, I think it's because it's such a definite time that you have to fly and you have to be there. And if you're not there, you missed it. And for me, it's like, oh my word, that's very stressful. And a way that we have found to go around it is now my husband books the flights, which is also financially for me nicer that he's paying for it. So, and he doesn't tell me the time that we're flying. He only tells me the time that we have to leave the house. (laughs) And that seemed to have helped quite a bit with my stress levels when it comes to flying. So yes, um, I've flown with children, small and big. I've driven with children, small and big. And I think you've done similar things. So I'm excited to hear your experience. What do you prefer? Flying so, or or driving? <laughs> um, I am going to be honest. I prefer flying simply because it's quicker. And I mean, especially I'm, if you have to go to the UK. It might take you a while if you have to drive there. <laughs> Sometimes you don't have the option. <laughs> but... um. Even within the country, um, I have an extremely high energy child. So driving with her can be quite difficult. Um, she's three now. When she was, we traveled overseas when she was three months old. And I was That's really brave. stressed about that. 
I, I was really stressed because, you know, we had to fly via Emirates to Portugal and then we had to do a whole lot of driving in Portugal. And I would definitely say traveling with the baby that age is by far easier than traveling with an 18 month old or a two year old or a three year old I, as I've got yes. at the moment. <laughs> because by and large with babies, they, they want a dummy, they want food, and they want to be held yeah. by and large. If you can do that and rattle a toy in front of them every now and again, they generally are quite amenable. They're not yeah. too fussed about where you take them. But as they get more mobile and more vocal, they get very strong ideas about what they like and what they don't like. And if they don't like the car seat, they let you know. And if they get bored, they let you know. So my personal preference is for flying. I do yes. really like the idea of just being told when we need to leave the house because trying to figure out when to leave the house, to get there at what time, to check in at what time is, as you say, it's incredibly stressful. Yes, and I mean, international travel, and we're going to get into that, all those nitty gritty things just now, has become also the, the checklist of things that you need has changed a oh, little bit yes. as well. And to keep those things in mind and whatever is also adds to the stress of it. But yes, I agree with you. When my kids were younger, for sure, flying, I agree, was much easier. Even if you go locally, like to Durban or... It was so bad at one point, my husband actually had to drive by himself to Durban once. And then I flew with both the kids because I was just like, I am not doing it. Because when my son was about, I think he was about nine months old. We, I think it was 11 because um, it was just, it was just before we turned one. We turned one while we were on holiday. And then uh, we drove down to KZN to Belito um, from Joburg or from Pretoria. And he, I'm telling you, the whole way did not sleep. Luckily, he didn't also didn't scream the whole time, but he did not sleep the entire part until we actually saw the side, Belito. And then it was, oh, it, was yes. it was like five kilometers from Belito. And then he decided <laughs> now he will fall asleep. So it was a, I think a very, very, oh, I know it was a very, it was like an eight hour drive of pure frustration and just like, is he going to sleep? Is he going to do something? And he just did it. But luckily, like I said, he also didn't scream the entire time, but it was not a pleasant experience for me at all. And then since then, I was like, I am flying with the children. You could get me on the other side. I would rather fly with two kids than than be stuck in a car with another one. But my daughter was a little bit better. Um, with the car, but now that they're older, I prefer, I prefer the driving part with them because it's now nice to explore things with them and those type of things. So I'm, yeah, it is a little bit better now. So I'm very much looking forward to talking about all these type of things with you because we need to cover quite a bit uh, from the packing. And I think the packing, if you're driving, is different to the packing when you're flying. The preparation mentally is different when you're flying and when you're driving. Because also, when you're driving, it obviously does entail that you are local. 
Yes. So you know the shops, you know the area a relative amount. So yes, I'm looking forward to digging into that a little bit more. This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. Are you a good teacher? Are you truly passionate about helping children learn? Are you willing to volunteer your help? Chayafen would love to hear from you. We are going to be starting a homework helpline next year. And we would love to hear from you. The Homework Helpline is not only for children in our community, but for all the children in South Africa who need academic support and help. To find out more or to be part of this world first, email info at chayfm.com. Huh, what a nice initiative. Email us now, info at chayfm.com. If you've just joined us, you are on 101.9 chayfm. This is Bump and Beyond, and I'm Yulandi Becker, and I'm chatting with mommy and mom blogger, Amy Lowet, about traveling with children. We want to start getting excited. Last week already, I started talking about child car seat safety. If you missed the show, you can go check out the podcast on our website, highfm.com. But yes, let's get excited about holiday to get through this last little bit of time before it's finally holiday. Even if you're not going away, I am very sure you're going to be spending time in your car. So you need to be prepared. So Amy, let's get into the top tips and all the tips that we want to do. But let's start with the driving part. What what do you feel the process entails when you think about the traveling of driving? What what do you need to think about before you get there? So what I found with um driving with the little one is this is not going to help with the stress, but making sure you packed properly. <laughs> <laughs> Preparedness helps with stress. <laughs> it really does. Um, what I found is because my husband and I do tend to get a little bit flustered, it's best for us to have the car packed the night before as much as possible. So in the morning, it's just a matter of getting ourselves ready and into the car. The other thing that you absolutely have to do is look at your journey and see how many stops you can make along the way. Because if you can stop, you know how far your child can go generally. I yes. mean, my child or they'll tell you and <laughs> yeah, how long you can handle and. <laughs> We need to stop quite often to let her run around. So we try and look for places that have a little outdoor area or that have a jungle gym, something like that. And then it sort of makes it a bit of an adventure for her. Yes. And we also try and I like to have a bag of toys with me. Yes, and that's a good one. pull her out <laughs> sort of one at a time. Because if you give her the whole bag within 10 minutes, she's bored of everything. Um, so for me, those were the three really big things that yeah. I found 
have made a huge difference in our traveling. Yeah, and I mean, these days, first of all, uh, packing definitely beforehand the car, it just helps for sure. Um, for me, I can't agree more, uh, but there is certain things that you can't pack the night before and you need to make a list of those things. I'm telling you, like yes, things like taglets or lovies that your baby has to have for sleeping. Um, oh, there's certain goodness. things that you, you can only pack last minute. So write those things down. Baby monitor, your baby's lovey. Um, those type of things that you know that you're going to only be able to pack the next morning and set a reminder on your phone so that you remember that you need to be packing these things last minute. And with technology these days, I have to say that I've driven most national, no, I lie, I've driven all national roads in South Africa. And I can tell you, all the national roads have regular stops along the way. So you are relatively well catered for regular stops, especially if you're going down to KZN. There is, yeah, there's more than enough places to stop. So, and you can, with Google, like Earth and all these type of things, you can really go check out a town properly. Um, before you go there and it is nice but I mean these days even just an ultra city on the road is pretty impressive also what you could get there so even if you forget diapers and stuff like that most of them and once again KZN I feel is a little bit more I don't know inhabited (laughs) so there's more people you drive down to Cape Town there's a lot more quiet Karoo towns that has nothing. So anyway, so you mentioned the toys in the car that I think is also, it is very important um, to have like activities in the car for your children. Do you think it's best? What, what is, do you think is the best timing to leave? Is it best to leave like the night before during the day? What do you think is best in that case? And once again, I don't think people are going to like my answer because (laughs) it's very unhelpful. It does depend on your family and your child. Mm. Um, If you've got a child that loves sleeping in the car and you put them in the car seat and they fall asleep, um, traveling at night might actually work really well. Yes. I personally don't like traveling at night because of the safety factor, I get very worried about things like potholes, obstructions in the road. They are more difficult to see. I worry about driver fatigue. So I prefer to get up in the morning and just go Um, first thing in the morning and then try and get there pretty much as soon as we can so that it's over and done with. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. But if your child has a specific time where they do well in the car, my child gets tired and cranky in the afternoon. So I try to avoid too much car time then because we all know about it because children yeah. don't, don't hesitate to let you know when they're not happy. So for us this morning, but unfortunately yeah. it is an individual thing for everyone. Um, yeah. I think no, you just I look have... at your child and see. And yourself as a driver, yeah. we know you most comfortable driving. For us, honestly, nowadays we always drive during the day. But once again, my kids are much older now. But my son was the same that I couldn't transfer him 
from his cot into the, the, the car. He would wake up and be awake. And so it was, it was just not, even if we left at 3 a.m. or at 4 a.m., then he would be awake from 4 a.m., which would make the, the driving even more torturous because then it's two <laughs> hours of in the dark. So he can't see properly and he, yeah, so it was just not happening with, um, with that type of thing. So we also, and to be honest, I've never really thought about the, the safety factor of it. And I think you are absolutely right is that it's an important factor to keep in mind because trucks also tend to drive, uh, uh, around the nighttime, early hours. So I think it also the traffic, that type of traffic is a lot more, um, early hours mm-hmm. of the morning and things like that. So it's definitely, um, something to, um, yeah, to consider. If you've just joined us, this is Bump and Beyond. You're on 101.9 High FM and I'm Yulandi Becker speaking to Amy about mommy blogger and mommy <laughs> about <laughs> traveling with children. So let's get into it a little bit more with regards to, because I do feel that flying is a, a slightly more stressful situation. Once again, because the getting there part and personally, um, when people ask me about flying um obviously everyone knows that this is my side hustle so actually i am a sleep consultant and often people ask me about is flying with kids i'm going to be out of routine is that going to be a problem and to be honest no (laughs) it's you don't travel for weeks on end luckily you generally get there within a couple of hours but from my own experience is is that often we only pair people only look at the flight time they're like, oh, it's an eight-hour flight or it's a 10-hour flight or whatever. And they don't think about, if you've got a 10-hour flight, I can tell you generally your travel time is going to be about 20 hours that you're going to be en route. Because it's you have to think about the traveling from as you get into the car at home, whether you're doing it or if you get dropped off by a shuttle or whatever thing. But those are things to think about. And then uh, getting there, parking, it's silly things like that. Then walking from the parking to the check-in, doing all the check-in stuff. From the check-in, you go to the back and then you go through, depending on where you're going, but you're going to go through security. If you're going overseas, you're also still going to go through um, the passport control. And then only do you get into the airport area. Waiting quite a significant amount of time. <laughs> and if you're me, because I have to, I'm one of those people that have to be there three hours, preferably actually four hours before. <laughs> and then, um, yes, and then you start boarding. Um, and then you only get onto the plane. There's also some waiting time on the plane. And then only do you start taking off and then only the eight hours or the 10 hours start. So, and then you arrive on the other side and you have to go through all this rigmarole in reverse. (laughs) So (laughs) that is the reality and all the steps I feel that you have to think about. But packing becomes the art. Yes. You, so what would you say is your top packing tips? 
So flying with a baby. <laughs> um, a very big baby bag that you can take on the plane. That helps. And remember, technically, uh, but not for babies because babies don't have their own seats because you're not allowed, you're only allowed one carry on for you. Luckily, the baby doesn't count as a carry on. Um, <laughs> but once you start paying for your children, which is, and I mean, honestly, if you can squeeze it, I would say, if you can afford it, I would say get a seat for your child if you can. <laughs> um, yes. Not a lot of people can, but if you can, I would. But yes, a big baby bag. Go ahead, Amy. <laughs> um, so what I found is a lot of the sort of essentials, like nappies and wet wipes, I found I only pack what I need for the flight and the first couple of days because, I mean, unless you're going to the middle of nowhere, there's going to be a shop. Um, And it takes all of those things take up so much space in your suitcase. And that's something you've also got to think about. Um, If you're flying, say, Emirates, you've got a lot of weight, but you've still got to carry that bag. You've got to get (laughs) that bag to the chicken. You've got to get that bag out of the chicken. And then you've got to keep that bag for the whole holiday. So. the reality is, is not all aerpl- airports or most airports in Europe, for instance, is not even remotely like Joburg. Joburg is actually a tiny airport and it's already oh, quite yes. a lot of walking that happens in our tambo. But if you're exactly. flying to Heathrow or any of those places, it is, you're going to be walking. Yes, <laughs> you're going to be walking a long way. With a baby and (laughs) a cranky partner, probably, (laughs) and a huge bag. So (laughs) my suggestion would be to actually try and pack as lightly as possible because even, as I say, once you're out the airport, then you've got to get onto the taxi or the metro if you're really unlucky. And a lot of places in, say, Europe don't actually have elevators. We've been to a couple of um, hotels where you have to take the stairs. And there again, you have cranky baby, cranky partner, cranky you. And And not big staircases. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I would say pack the essentials. The, you know, babies go through a lot of clothes. You just have to accept that. Um, Where you can sort of cut back for yourself, cut back. So two pairs of jeans, a whole bunch of tops and your undies and just leave it at that, except that you're going to be, you know, simply dressed and rather use that space for the baby's essentials. And then look at what you can buy overseas. A lot of the prices are fairly comparable. Um, it is a, It is a bit expensive, but what we found was the price of nappies in, say, Portugal and Spain were not that different to what we were paying at home. So oh, for wow. us, that was it was worthwhile to not have a huge bag and then to buy the bulky essentials when we got there. Oh. Um, the one thing I did find that was wonderful for traveling was a pack of disposable um changing mats 
it was Motherwell or one of those brands. Um, we yeah. found them at Babies R Us. And it's just these sheets of absorbent paper that you just put down anywhere, anywhere where you're not sure about what the surfaces are like. You can just, even if you have to change in your stroller, which I have had to do, you just pop one of those down, pop baby on top of it, and it's just so easy. Now, for me... Two things, like one thing that I found, it depends on if you're formula feeding or breastfeeding, but I do know. Oh, yes. So if you're formula feeding, obviously you can have ready mixed, uh, you can actually buy already mixed formula that is, that you get at Babies or Ice, at Discam, all those places, already mixed formula that you can have. Don't be afraid to ask on a plane for them to heat up something just test it before you get because they don't have most flight attendants clearly don't have children (laughs) but they do this all the time and they want to make the flight comfortable for everyone and if your baby is going to be comfortable everyone on the plane is going to be a lot more comfortable so they (laughs) guys have the same goal so remember that another thing i mean you said don't pack too much stuff for yourself but I also have to say, at least pack yourself another shirt. Um, oh, yes. One time my son threw up on me full on and I had to wear a vomit shirt for a couple oh, of yeah. hours. And I smiled like vomit for a very long time. So pack a, you know, a extra shirt that can be helpful for yourself, at least in the baby bag. Um, oh, yes. so, uh, for me as well, why do you, because you mentioned now, uh, lots, we've mentioned lots of walking. Are you a stroller or a sling person? <laughs> I'm actually both. <laughs> I, I wanted that answer. answer. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Uh, I think you do need both. <laughs> so what I found for domestic flats and I, I would always just check with the airline what their policies are with checking strollers. So when we flew um locally, we just have we just check the stroller in through um the special baggage check-in. Yeah. And then I just um throw it into the sling as long as I can before she starts going wild. With international travel, I know with Emirates, they let you take the stroller right up into boarding. Um, and then they take it away and give it to you as you disembark. And I would say, keep that stroller until you get to the aeroplane. Because as you said, most international airports are not like Oratambo. Most of them, yes. and I don't yeah. know how they managed to do it, but they magically managed to have your boarding gate as will always be the furthest one from the end. Definitely. I don't know how they manage, but every single time you fly, that will be the case. Yes, and but we'll get into have- that a little bit more just now. This is Bump and Beyond with Yulandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. Yes, this is 101.9 High FM. I'm Yolandi Becker and this is Bumping Beyond. And I'm chatting with Amy Lowerwet about traveling. And we've been chatting just now specifically about strollers on uh, flights. And I have to agree with a the baby. There is lots 
of um, walking involved. So having a stroller, and most airlines do allow you to take the stroller up until you you board the plane. Um, and then they take it and then they give it out. As soon as you come off the plane, there's a whole bunch of strollers lying outside. And then you take the one that you like best. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but now um, another thing that lots of people also wonder about when flying is um, the air pressure. Do you feel yes. like your child had problems with air pressure? Is it something to consider or something? And how could you better it? Um, so the, we were actually very lucky. It's unusual that I can say this with my child. <laughs> we were very lucky that she didn't struggle too much. But what we did was we took her dummy and we sprayed it with grape water and we shoved it in her mouth and told her to suck on it. And we just kept on shoving it into her mouth until, um, we, you know, yeah. acclimatized. Um, if for older kids, um, if they are, um, if it's safe to give them a sucker, pretty much anything that they can suck on, yeah. even if it is more psychological than anything else, um, it does help. Yeah. So if they've got anything to suck on, if you spray, as I say, we found grape water worked quite well because it yeah. tastes nice. Um, and then it's, that's the best you can do. Yeah. No, and I if that doesn't work, unfortunately, everyone on the plane is actually just going to have a miserable takeoff. <laughs> but, and, and that for me is do. the most, is, it's the takeoff and the landing that's the, the biggest part when it comes to air pressure. I have to say with these bigger airplanes, air pressure is less of an issue, um, yes. especially with smaller children. Um, if your baby is going to have moisture on their ears already and you fly, it might be a whole different story. But um, I find with domestic flights, because you don't go so high, it usually also yes. doesn't have such an impact on their ears. So let's say the next question, day flight or night flight? <laughs> um, I actually found... The night flights are nice because, you know, it's got that sort of nice rocking motion and it puts the baby to sleep. Yes. The only problem is you do tend to land at night as well. <laughs> and um, that can also be very disruptive. Yeah. When we flew, we flew via Dubai. Next time, I really would recommend flying directly if you can. But if you can't, you know, you land in Dubai at like two in the morning and now yeah. you've got to pick baby up and run through Dubai airport, which is, there's no such thing as not there. So, <laughs> you know, baby's sitting there two in the morning going, okay, is it playtime now? I guess I'll just have to wake up. And yeah. then you have to try and say, no, no, now you've got to go back to sleep. So it can be quite disruptive. Yeah. If you, you're looking at the landing times and the changeover times with the day flight, of course, baby's awake. Yes. And that actually I find is, I found more difficult the flights when she was awake because now she wants to be entertained. And 
And they can't understand that there's a confined space. Like you said at the beginning, babies on a plane is in some ways better than a toddler on a plane because they want to move around. They want to touch everything. They want to touch everyone. They don't understand that the floor of a uh, plane, you're not allowed to sleep there. Uh, They want to lie there. And the aero says does not want them to lie there. And you can't even pretend they're not yours because they will run up to you and come on your lap. <laughs> I've not even tried that. Now that I think about it, I wish I had. A aisle seat or a window seat? Aisle seat. <laughs> um, the windows are lovely to look out of, but even babies, they need to be walked. They, oh. You need to change n- nappies. If they get niggly, it helps to be able to pick them up and take them to the back. If they start screaming, you want to ask the air hostess, where's the least offensive place for us to stand? Um, toddlers are going to run havoc. Mm. So if you can move easily, it's just far easier. Um, especially if you're sitting next to a stranger and you've got to climb over a stranger every time baby or child needs to get up, eventually they're going to get very, very unhelpful with you. And and I mean, really, I find that um, luckily most of the time, most of the time, it's not always, that if you check in online a little bit beforehand, you can, with children, they you can get those seats there in front. Because obviously, yes. even though you don't pay for a child or for a baby under two, most airlines, it's not all airlines, mm-hmm. but most you don't pay um, if your baby's under two. Um, but that also means your baby's going to be on your lap. Also, your toddler yes. will be on your lap for the whole flight. So keep that in mind. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> You still have to put in their details and you still have to pay taxes for them, flight taxes on that. So you do pay a little bit of a, a like a nominal fee that you pay for them, but you have to also tell them that you're coming. So they do know that you're traveling with a baby and then you would get preference. Also, even when boarding, you can go on earlier. And that's one of my top tips of when you're boarding is to actually not go on first. I found, because then you're just sitting in the plane for even longer. I, my husband went on first with all the, with the stroller and with all the hand luggage. He went on first and my son was in the sling with me. And I stayed outside the airport as long as possible um, at the boarding gate, walking around, doing stuff with my son. And then only when I had to go on the plane did I go onto the plane. And then uh, we had minimal time before we had to take off. So that's my top tip when boarding is that let your husband go. If you're by yourself, obviously that tip's not going to work. Then get on as quickly as yeah. possible <laughs> because it takes a while to get everything. And then you will not have space on the Yes. Overhead, overhead for your stuff. That's also now if you're flying economy class. If you can afford business class, I would say fly business class. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone. <laughs> you don't have to have a child to use that excuse. <laughs> what is your top tip? We're running quickly out of time, Amy. What is your top tip for surviving a flight with babies? Um, Very thick skin. <laughs> because they're going to embarrass you. Um, 
Yeah. So, but I mean, doesn't that come with morminess? I feel like embarrassment oh, yes. goes out the window when you, as soon as the baby comes out. <laughs> or while you, the baby's coming out. <laughs> if you have any embarrassment or shame that's gone by now. Um, so for me, I would say, yeah, snacks, food, water, something colorful to play with the baby, but nothing noisy. Everyone already is looking at you. If you bring out a noisy baby toy, they might just find a way to, to actually right. <laughs> kick you off. It's been really great, Amy. Thank you so much for joining me today. But we've run out of time. I could talk a lot more about this topic. I've really had a wonderful time with you. Thank you Thank so you much so for joining me. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies. 101.9 megahertz of life. Yes, you are on 101.9 High FM, and this is Bump and Beyond, but it is basically finished now for today. Luckily, this traveling show will be available on our podcast on highfm.com. This podcast and many other podcasts that I've done and lots of people from High FM, of course, as well. So go check out highfm.com for that. Traveling with family can be one of the most rewarding things as well. So it's not just stressful. I'm hoping that today will help you be prepared, but it can also be one of the most rewarding adventures that you can have as a family together. So I encourage you to, I'm telling you, all of our best memories is somewhere that we've been with our children, even when they were small, to be honest. It just encourages family bonding. Uh, When you're focused on family and each other and, you know, not the daily grind of things. And children feel that. So remind yourself when it's tough that the traveling part is only so long. Remember, once you get there, the fun can start. So it is a great time. So remind yourself while your baby is crying in the plane that it is going to be over soon enough. Away from life's everyday distractions and long working hours, families are able to spend uninterrupted time together. It obviously also traveling helps to promote global education. In recent years, studies have shown that travel benefits children's education as well as their ability to adapt socially. So experiencing new cultures often means children are more open-minded. So you want to get out there. Traveling with family reminds you to appreciate the little things. Children are naturally more inquisitive. And when you're traveling with them, they look at different things, they touch different things, and they look at everything that you've probably seen before. Maybe there's not everything, but things that you've seen before, they might look at a whole different way. And it's so exciting to see that. And of course, traveling with family is life enriching. It travel teaches children the importance of making memories and enjoying experiences rather than just having more possessions. It's been fantastic, but join me next week as we continue our travel preparation and excitement with, doc- with Dr. Magda Verstaer when we talk keeping healthy during the holiday season. Deciding not to travel with kids because they won't remember is like not reading them books 
because they won't remember the stories that you read them. Get out there, have fun with your families because none of us know the best combination of things to do for our children. More often than not as parents, we just close our eyes and hope for the best. Some might call this faith. Thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, enjoy your day.